Hey kids, what do you think? Do we need more lights? We need more lights! They're coming, they're coming! Hey kids, how about helping me sing my favorite Christmas song? Take the holes with pepperoni Fa la 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 Mustard, eggplant and bologna Fa la 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 Santa Claus will bring his reindeer Fa la 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 In the sewer, how will they get here? Fa la 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 Cowabunga and happy holidays, dudes and dudettes, and welcome to day three of Turtle Flakes Podcast. I er, I guess it's the th- day three out of 12 for the 12 days of Christmas. Three of 12. I am, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, is uh, the Scrooge himself, Mr. Josh O'Rourke. Hi. Cowabunga. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Oh man! Well, I apologize. Uh, once again, I apologize if you can hear my babies yelling in the corner. They're just terrorizing my wife. So ah, that just adds to the Christmas spirit. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Oh, oh, that was great. That was great. So, uh, so Hoser, have have you been for the last day? <laughs> uh, not too bad. Just uh, getting a lot of writing done. Uh, I haven't done any writing today. I, I don't know if I'm going to yet today. I might take a day off. Um, Still a writing machine, my friend. Yeah, I've been trying. Been getting. Been, I'm trying to knock out like two figures a day because there's like over 70 reviews that I want to do. Just the wow. reviews on figures alone, and I don't want to do. I was gonna do like a, a fear a day, and I don't really want to write 70 days in a row. So I'm trying to <laughs> double up on them. That's amazing, man. So how many do you think you've written already? I've written as of yesterday. I've written 30. Holy jeez! Oh, yeah. Good for you, man. Good for yeah. you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm gonna rewrite. I've read like three. <laughs> oh yeah, you've written three. Yeah, I'm gonna rewrite one of them. Uh, I did a. I remember I did a scratch review. I remember last week. Last week I wrote a scratch review because I know me, and I don't know if or when I'm gonna lose motivation. But just in case I do one day, I wanted to make sure I had a scratch review written because you I wanted to scratch years. that one off the list. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted to, I'm going to ignore it. I wanted to get that one out of there just because that's a super collector's item that has a little bit more reputation than I think it deserves, even though it's a great figure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's pretty much that right there in a nutshell is what I'm trying to do is just kind of like take a, a absolutely unbiased look on something I'm completely biased upon. <laughs> Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, that's great. I, that'll probably have to be the next one I read. I think I read the A Stock one, the Casey Jones mm-hmm. one. There was another one I read too. I think it was the Punk Frogs. I think I read that one. Yeah, and that's it so far. So I, I gotta, I got some catching up to do. Yeah, I'm still sad that they didn't make the other two Punk Frog figures. I know. You, you know? I know. There's a uh, lot of like I, I noticed that there's a market on eBay for people that have made custom Punk Frogs that just use the Napoleon Bonafrog figure oh, or really? the Frog, just the green one. <laughs> And just get four of those and paint them all differently so they all look like the different punk frogs from the cartoon. Because they were <laughs> just like the turtles. They were all just like kind of one body type. Yeah. With their own identifying features on them. Just like the turtles with the bandanas and the weapons. And there's a huge market for them. And like people have made custom uh, punk frog figures that sell for like two to three hundred bucks. Oh my goodness. It's like, yeah, I get that, but... I looked it up and it's like I have paints for making custom action for custom paint jobs on figures. It's like I could buy four loose uh, Genghis Frog figures <laughs> and not even spend like thirty bucks. Yep. Like I, it might just I might just one day I might just make my own custom punk frogs. You should do that and like maybe we could get, give them out to our listeners. We could call them Josh's frogs. 
Yeah, well, if I'm going to go through all the trouble of painting my own figures, I'm not giving them away. Be like, you, you have this glossy five by ten photo of my of my figures. That's you right. That's right. Signed by Josh. Yeah, signed by. <laughs> with it's not even signed. It's just going to be like a stamp, or it's going to be I typed out my name, or so I couldn't be bothered with writing out a note. Like, I appreciate this. Thank you. Thank you. Generic response. Thank you. Mister Aurora. So. Oh, that's great. Well, today, guys, we have a cool topic to talk about. You know, one that I th- we've always kind of mentioned in, in passing, we're, we're big fans of artwork. And today we just wanted to talk about some of our favorite uh, Ninja Turtle artwork that we've seen, or maybe some artists' interpretations of the turtles we've always liked. Um, me, I didn't get to do a lot of research with this. I, I mean, I'll go ahead and be honest, I've done none. <laughs> Fancy that. Yes, yeah. yes, I mean, but, uh, you know, I know some that are off the top of my head that I definitely have to mention on the show. That's just, just some, some great stuff. And, you know, I, I hope we <laughs> preface this this whole 12 Days of Turtle Flakes Christmas thing with the, the notion that we didn't plan on doing a lot of research. We just wanted to have this be a nostalgic kind of thing. So I do apologize that no, I might get some information wrong here, but man, there's so many good Ninja Turtle artists out there, man. So where do you want to go with this? What do you want to talk about first, Jose? Well, first thing um, I'm going to talk about is since I am, I, I really have kind of embraced my own identity of the being the action figure guy. Oh, yeah. So, um, go figure. Thanks, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> go figure. Shut up. Um, so I wanted to make mention because nobody ever talks about this, but like, the artist uh, named Steve Varner, who came up with the original sculpts of the original Ninja Turtle action figures from Playmates that they put out in 1988. So these designs were probably made in 1986 or 87. Mm-hmm. Um, around the time the cartoon was being made, the uh, initial concepts for the action figure line was uh, being um, uh, conjured up. And so the reason that this just popped out at me is because I've been just knee-deep in action figure stuff finding out how they're made finding out the internals of each figure um the drawbacks and the the limitations and the strengths of these figures in particular with the 88 series uh because one thing i didn't realize was over time uh the plastic inside that holds the pegs for each limb uh shrinks and hardens really so shrinks so just in a minuscule amount but it's enough to where, like, as long as if you're, I mean, be on, I mean, be smart about it. Be gentle with your figures that are almost thirty years old now. Yeah. Um, be gentle posing them, and you'll be fine. But like, I remember when I unboxed my Triceraton figure last year, when I <laughs> earlier in the year, uh, it was a super cold day, and it was in the mailbox until I got home from work, and I opened it up, and the first thing I did was I tried posing them to stand them up. And with the Triceraton figure, you have to pose the tail in a way to keep the figure in balance, and the yeah. tail snapped. Oh. So, luckily, there was a piece of the interior peg that was protruding from it, so I was able to glue it back on, but now it's there. It, it, that tail won't move, and that, those figures, thankfully, I don't really want to pose them. I just want to, I mean, play with them. I just want to pose them and put them on a shelf. So, it works out for me. You know, I don't care. <laughs> Yeah, my my turtles uh they're they're starting to take a beating a little bit. My son, he's mm-hmm. been running into the room and he throws them on the floor. Yeah. He has the turtles battle the Power Rangers and everything and Yeah. But they've held up surprisingly well except for I I had a, a set of the 2003 figures. They were so small they almost looked like Christmas ornaments. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Cookie got a hold of like two or three of those. Oh, man. Splinter got it. Raphael got, got it. Yeah. <laughs> he did. And uh, one of the other ones did. But, uh, you know, all the other ones so far, knock on wood, they've held up surprisingly well considering the abuse they've taken. Yeah, and from what I can tell, this uh, sculptor named Steve Varner, he also was instrumental in the design of the He-Man figures, the Masters of the Universe figures. Oh, wow. And one reason I wanted to bring up that comparison is because everybody loves He-Man figures, and mm-hmm. I understand why they love them now, because they're actually dynamic now. The reason I never really liked, I even noticed it when I was a kid, the reason I never really liked He-Man figures was because they were all the same sculpt but they just painted them differently. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Yeah, they were all different colored plastics in the same mold with different heads, and the heads were all rubber. And um, the Ninja Turtle figure, I mean, everybody gets a a bad rap. Everybody gives this line a bad rap because of the multiple variants, which were uh, in demand by the customer, by the way. Um, You cannot deny that every single sculpt was unique there is one at least in the basic series i know this much at least in the basic series there was one figure i should say two there were two figures that used the same mold and that was toka and that was slash and they were colored Mm -hmm. differently and the heads were different and they were they were so um well colored that you would never really know unless you were really looking close i didn't notice it until i had one in each hand yeah. Until yeah. I noticed that the in hand I was like, holy crap. It's like an inception <laughs> moment. He's just like, you know, I felt like Gandalf when he first meets Sauron. He's like, I don't recognize this place. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> yeah, uh, what is this place? Yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. You might know the answer to this. Um, yeah. I know the first, I think it was the first release of the Turtle figures. Mm-hmm. The first four and then uh Splinter and Shredder in April I guess the fir- the, uh, the first 10 figures the first series yeah yes okay so that was 1988 88 was it just that year that they had the uh I mean how long was it here you think when they had the um the rubber heads the soft heads the first year so yeah it was just yeah. the first as year a, then after that they redid them after that they did the plastic heads yeah and you know what the uh the hard plastic ones yeah sure the rubber heads are a collector's item if you want to call them that what you want is the plastic you want the hard headed ones because those hold up over time due to fading and sunlight yeah. exposure and everything. And as and you know what? I didn't realize how many soft-head figures I had until I started doing proper reviews of them. It was like, I, I don't have any soft-headed tur- – I think I do. I think I might have the soft-headed ones because they're, my original four turtles are still in the box on the wall. The, the four turtles I have on display are the 25th anniversary ones that came out in 2009. Mm-hmm. Um. But, like, I've got a soft-headed Bebop, I've got a soft-headed um, April, I've got a soft-headed Splinter. Uh, I think I have an April. I think it's April. But, um, yeah, I've got soft-headed versions of a couple of figures. Wow. And I'm super paranoid about them now getting sun damage and exposure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and until we eventually having a brown Splinter with a white head, you know? <laughs> just I don't know what I'm going to do, you know? So um, it's almost, if you want to save yourself a stress-induced heart attack, make sure you get the hard-headed ones. That's yeah. what, That would be my advice. So Yeah, I wonder why they switched to the hard-headed ones. I wonder if it was easier for them to manufacture. I, it, was I probably, it was probably manufacturing costs. I got yeah. you. Yeah. Because you really think about it, everything's made out of hard plastic, and then you have this other material for the head. Yeah. There's no tell. I mean, nowadays it's superfluous. There's no, there's no way to tell what the cost difference between those two would be because nobody releases those figures because nobody, those types of uh, statistics 
or uh, numbers, I should say. Nobody cares about those numbers because, or nobody knows about it because nobody cares about it. You know, so it's just dwarfs like us. Yeah, except for fools like us. <laughs> you know? And it was just, is it cheaper? Yeah, okay. Ah, you know. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I've even contacted uh, Plain about stuff like this, and they were super honest and cool about it. They're like, we don't know. <laughs> those people that uh. were working in the manufacturing line back then aren't here anymore and we don't really have their time cards anymore so yeah. you know, I was like well thanks yeah, you know? thanks for getting back to us at least you know yeah I know I, I will say this about uh, Playmates man I sent them an email every time I sent them an email I would get a response within 30 minutes wow what about yeah that? you know like and, and not from like and not like an automated message like we received your email thank you for your input I got like an email from a dude working at customer service and, and Playmates Toys in California. Wow. You know, yeah my my experience looking into talking to creators and people that work in and around the the Turtles universe, it's been pretty good so far. Yeah, it's been very solid. That's mm-hmm. that's great. Well, sweet man. So, what what are you thinking about artists, man? Um, specifically the uh, the toy line, especially the early the early days. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain artist that stands out to you, or a design that stands out to you? Oh, dude, Jim Lawson, Rat King. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, I mean, everybody that's listening is going to roll their eyes, but dude, yeah, Jim, another Jim Lawson discussion. Another Jim Lawson, yep. You know, man, you know, <laughs> Jim Lawson is amazing. You know, <laughs> I will say, I, I will say that it is cool talking about action figures again. The action figures are the greatest mix of what the cartoon went for and what Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird created. Yeah, like it is this cool dichotomy, really, of this hardcore design of these four ninjas with the color palette of the cartoon you know and mm-hmm. throughout that entire line that figure design never never strayed from it you know when it came with the turtles they had no matter what kind of crazy getup they had for a variant they still had that color scheme came to their facial structure yeah so yeah. it can't be you can't mention art design without kevin eastman and peter laird they created the archetype of what everyone's a fan of oh yeah oh yeah whether whether you actually were around to read the original black and white comics uh it really did harken especially in the later series seasons it really did harken back to kevin eastman and peter laird's artwork you know because yeah if you looked at any of the advertisements for any of just video games you're the sewer periscope uh, the <laughs> hopes the sewer pie you know it was always kevin eastman and peter laird's artwork yeah, uh, and, and that we can't really uh, thank them enough for what they did. But I would think a little bit more. I would thank Jim Lawson a bit more for giving those characters actual character. Like he helped develop the real characters that we know today. You know, it can't mm-hmm. be stressed what Jim Lawson gave to us. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really do feel like, like we had said on the interview, he's just as important as anybody else is in in those early days. Yeah. He's just as integral to the turtles as we know them. I mean, he did a whole volume himself, and then he was so actively involved in volume one, volume two, volume four. I think he's like the the third guy. You know, the third yeah. guy. Of course, everyone Eastman and Laird. You know that they are, of course, nothing can be taken away from those. I mean, they've created everything, but I think that Jim Lawson needs to be in there almost interchangeably as well. I mean, yeah. he's the third guy. He's the one that I think has done the most besides those two. Yeah, and then you know, right behind him is Steve Levine, Michael Keaton, yeah, Dan yeah. Berger. All kind of, Dan Berger, super nice guy. He's another dude that I would email and get a response within an hour. You know, 
Yes, I know we've said this. We gotta get him on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, in terms of comic books, I mean, I I really. I never really cared much about Ninja Turtles as a comic book property until I, I mean, outside of the early stuff, which I will admit, I only started reading about three years ago, maybe four. But like until I saw Mattias Santaluco's art, um, that was when the specifically the new IDW series. When I saw Mattias Santaluco's stuff, I thought, okay, the turtles have arrived in my life again. Really? So were you not into the IDW series before him? No, I wasn't. No, I mean, wow. I, I had the first issue. I was just at a comic book store one day, um, and me and Nicole were out at the mall or something like that. She was getting a coffee or something, and I saw a comic book shop. I said, I'm going to go over here, and I saw a Turtles book. And I was like, holy crap, there's a new Turtles book. I picked <laughs> it up. I was like, okay, Dan Dan Duncan. And yeah. Dan Duncan is another guy. He he took the turtles and made his own turtles with them, which is super hard because I was gonna say that's not an easy act to follow. That is no easy feat because like if if we were to draw a ninja turtle, we all kind of draw the same ninja turtles. You know, a real artist will take a concept and make it his own. Like Dan Duncan, Mattia Santaluco, B.J. Han, really those those three. Yeah, B.J. Hi. Um, you know, those three right there have, have, those are the ones that I have seen that have not tried to do what somebody else did better. They tried to do their own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And you see that a lot. Like Dan Duncan, you know, he kind of laid the groundwork, mm-hmm. uh, in IDW. And then right after that was, um, oh, what was his name? Santa Luca. Aaron. Well, Santa Luca was close, but there was one right after Dan Duncan. Um, he would come back and uh, occasional oh, issues. That's uh, San, Santa Luca came in with uh, he. It was the same time, but he came in with Fall of the Foot Clan or um, yeah, History uh, of the Foot Clan. Yeah, right. Yeah, right, he started right. with the oh. side story. The main guy was I don't know. He was I, so good, uh, I don't remember. <laughs> Kuna is it? A- Andy Kuhn. That's Andy it. Kuhn. Andy yes. Kuhn. Yes. Uh, who has another great artist? Dave Watcher, one of my personal favorites Dave in IDW Watcher's right good, now. Good man. I like I like his artwork a lot. So, I I mean completely forgot about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like his Casey. I like his. Um, oh. Um, his everybody. <laughs> yes. The oh, why am I blanking on her name? The Angel? fox. Oh, Alapex. Alapex. Yes. Yes. I love I love his version of Alapex. You know, another one I really like is um, Sophie Campbell. Sophie Campbell, man, she another great artist. Dude, she did a rendition of Venus de Milo that I thought was amazing. She yeah, she made a concept for Venus de Milo if she were going to be in the next Ninja Turtles movie, the you know the uh, the Out of the Shadows movie, and did her rendition of Venus in that style. I was like, that is awesome. I want to see that style <laughs> in the IDW comic, man. I was like, oh oh yeah, her oh, write I, the I, monthly, I... put her put Venus in there. That's what I. I think Venus. I'm calling it right now. I think Venus will play a part. Before issue 100, I think she's, I, I really. Don't. I'm gonna I'm gonna say a little bit earlier. I'm gonna say within the next year she's gonna be in. Wow! Because wow. I'm gonna I will put money down right now. Twenty dollars goes to Rob Luther if I'm wrong. Um, <laughs> uh, you know I I'm gonna put money down that Venus de Milo will be in the IDW comics before what is today. December 8, 2018. You know, that, that's what I'm... There it is. You, you, listeners, you got to back me up on this. Yeah, because you know what? we I, I floated the idea to Kevin Eastman, and he sounded like he was already thinking about it. Oh, yeah. He was definitely not opposed to it. He because, was definitely like, not opposed to it at all. I remember uh, a couple of days ago, or a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at the extra... I found on YouTube the... Uh, the bonus features for the uh, Definitive History of the Ninja Turtles documentary uh-huh. uh, that Isaac Elliott Fisher made. 
there was an interview with Kevin Eastman and he was giving a tour of his studio and he had a life-size painting that he was doing in his free time of Venus de Milo. He's like, I love Venus. I love this character. Like he's not going to not put a character that he loves in his turtles book. And he's um, a huge inspiration behind that book. And it's a huge creative force within that book. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's going to happen. I'm sorry. It, oh, yeah. And, it's and going to happen. And, and I think we had talked about it in the past. No, I'm with you wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. I think IDW has done a tremendous job with the Turtles. Uh, they've, they've hit milestones and everything. It's a wonderful time for Turtles comics. And I realize it's not for everybody. Yeah. There are some pretty big differences between the Mirage series and what they're doing now. Yes. But I still think it's it's pretty solid storytelling. The, the writing is phenomenal. The artwork's phenomenal. I have complete faith that if they put Venus in this series, it'll be done well. It I really, it, it'll be done well. I think we're in good hands there, and I'm excited to see a new take on her. It's yeah. only been about 20 years. I know, yeah, 90. Yeah, it has been 20 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, even Jim, even Jim Lawson up with uh, concept designs for her. You know? Oh yeah. And, oh yeah. I mean, if they can bring back, and I I love this character. He's my favorite Ninja Turtle sidekick character. But if they can bring back Ace Duck. In a cool way. <laughs> they did. There's no reason that they can't bring the most infamous Turtles character ever into the fight <laughs> and make it a cool character. You know, exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. You. I always bring that up. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that was good. I, I'm with you. But yeah. You know, so, um, let, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, um, I'll, I'll switch gears back to the Mirage days. And I just want to talk about some of my favorite co- um, covers real quick. I think AC Farley... I don't think he gets the, the credit he deserves, man. Oh, yeah. he, uh, some of his covers are phenomenal. His painted um, covers? Does he paint? Yes. Or is that all like, I don't, I don't know what. I, to, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, old one pencils? That, you know? <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah. um, one that really stands out to me, of course. Well, you had mentioned one of the um, the poster you had, yeah. of the long lost poster. And I didn't know AC Farley had actually done that one. Uh, yeah. But another one that stands out to me is the cover of issue 55 with a splinter stranded uh, i guess and the rat king you see a silhouette of the rat king in the distance you remember that oh cover? yeah that was for the the city at war story city at war uh part six of 13 i think this was released january of 1993 i'm looking at it on uh tmnt entity right now and i just love that cover i've seen it so many different times did not actually know who had done the cover until today <laughs> so casey farley does a phenomenal yeah and he did if you want a good um representation of what he did for the turtles listeners go g- on google images and look up uh ninja turtles the collected books volume one through seven cover art and he did yeah. all the the painted covers for all of those wow. there's seven of them and- yeah and he did the first issue of volume two didn't he the the cover for it <sighs> Remember, I think it's is it Leonardo. It's, it's like, all four of them running down like the George Washington Bridge with spray painted graffiti and everything behind him. Yeah, yeah, that looks like his artwork. That I'm pretty sure does. he does. Yeah, and once again, you know, his turtles have like their own look too. Same thing we were saying for IDW applies to Mirage and what they did. Definitely- Jim Lawson, you can tell his artwork. Eastman, you can tell his. Peter Laird, you can tell his. Yeah, and and speaking of Peter Laird, since we're talking about the old era stuff, one that really stands out to me is some of the covers that he did for Archie. Let me go back. There was. Do you remember before Archie became a series? They did. Yeah, well, just the first issue right here. I got the collection. Yes. Yeah, with yes, the, the giant issue. shredder behind them posing the the huge threat behind the the turtles themselves. That was a cover. Yeah. By Peter Laird and Steve Levine. Yeah. Um. There was another one that Peter Laird and Steve Levine did. Oh, Eastman and Laird and Steve Levine did. 
It's when they did the uh, there was three issues they had done that were straight adaptations from the oh, cartoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether and then they did the ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, uh, with the turtle so this... splinter in April, like coming around a corner in the sewer. Yes, that's the one. I love that cover. That is an amazing yeah. cover. So I really like you know all three of them working together there. And Peter Laird, he w- he did a lot of the covers for the Archie series. He didn't do the artwork inside it, but the covers for the the comic books themselves are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to bring up the the adventure series because yeah. that's um Ken Matroni's the man. Yeah, you know, and Ryan Brown's also in there and yes. you know, I absolutely adore that art style where it was the it was the art style from the uh, they weren't going for the cartoon aesthetic. They were definitely inspired by it because oh, yeah. there's very little delineation between what was on those pages and what was on the TV screen at the time. You know, I mean, right? I, yeah, I absolutely adore that. I mean, that art style gets a lot of flack because of its association with maybe not the art style, but like the animated series gets a lot of flack because oh, it's just too goofy. It's like. Everything Ninja Turtles is goofy. It's called Ninja <laughs> Turtles, okay? You kind of have to accept that it's going to be goofy at places. Well, gosh, what's the one where um, they meet Savante Romero? That's that issue six? six or seven? Six or seven. Yeah, yeah it's right I mean, after the whole goofy storyline. Yeah. <laughs> well, you it know, wasn't all dark. Even like the 1990 movie that everyone covets as this untouchable thing, okay? There's a point oh, well, the now, wait a minute where they're now. like spinning on their shells and hitting the plan with their nunchucks in the shins and it's just like, wheel of fortune dude California roll. <laughs> yeah you know, just, and you know casey jones not tattooed by yelling four and hitting him with a golf club it's like this is it's all goofy okay sure there's yeah there's moments for it yes there's moments of levity everywhere and sometimes they do go too far and you know they, but they always bring it back yeah and well can i can i go back to that cover i was telling you about real oh, yeah. quick i, I just want to say why i like it so much because to me that cover um i'm looking at it right now I had a poster of it. It's one of my favorite ones because it is the perfect blend between what we were seeing on the cartoons and what we were seeing in the comic books. Yeah. I mean, you have Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird's Turtles there, but you also have the different colored bandanas. You've also got Splinter's robe from the cartoon. Shredder's April's purple jumpsuit. Feet. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm I mean, sorry. That's the wrong. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the other one. I have the very. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have the it's, variant it's a, one, so... Yes, yes. I think I've got both. Um, I think I think I got a couple of duplicates. I may send them out to a couple of listeners soon. But uh, but yeah. Um, hear that I just, hear I just how he flaunts what he has. Jeez. <laughs> oh, I want to hear it, toy collector. This guy, you know. Yeah. So like, I had to go ahead and write a review of Scratch. I learned it from what I have, him. Rob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so really good stuff there, man. I I love that perfect blend between the original creators yeah. and also their take on. The cartoon at that time, mm-hmm. so really cool stuff there. I, all right, but I, I I'll shut up because I know we're getting a little low on time. Oh, it's fine, no problem. But like, um, one thing I really wanted to mention um, was yesterday. If you know, real quickly, I had gotten the first issue of the new Batman Ninja Turtles team up, uh, Batman Team and T Part Two. The first issue came oh, yeah, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I downloaded it yesterday, and I really and it's the same creative team. It's yep. James Tinian the fourth and Freddie E. Williams the second. Another great artist. Yeah, I, and I wanted to mention his art here uh, in the Batman TMNT crossover. Uh, Freddie Williams's art is just—it's indescribable to me. But so I'm going to try anyway. But it is—it's this, <laughs> this really almost this weird, off-putting 
realistic but still zany and cartoony art style that he has where it's everything is super detailed but everything it's kind of like it's it's cut drawn with a fine tipped pencil and then colored with charcoal pastels you know it's yeah it's so cool how it's at at the same time three dimensional and at the same time very flat you know i really there's so much stuff in his panels so much stuff. i know i don't know how you know who i feel really bad for the people that have to put the letters in the into the pages (laughs) <laughs> because it's not like James Tinian the fourth writes just a couple of lines per character. Like every character gets a stanza of just stuff to say and it's crazy. And you know, I, I really love his design of the turtles. I really love how they all kind of look the same, but like they have so many different identifiable just features to them where their, their skin tone is all just a little bit different. All of their bandanas are cut differently. Uh, their musculature is all different. Donatello is really lean. Michelangelo is short. Donat- Leonardo is probably the tallest one. And Raphael is the broadest one. So there's, you have the same body type and the fact that they're humanoid turtles, but they're all instantly identifiable just because they are their own character. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, his, and his Batman, it. it only gets better. I, I definitely prefer his design, Freddie Williams' design for Batman in the sequel series. Because he's a bit leaner, I think he's. I think his Batman design, really? his first Batman crossover here, I think he's a bit too big, and he's yeah. he's definitely he's it's definitely like in the first crossover, he's like the Ben Affleck Batman where he's this big bruiser, and then in the sequel, <laughs> uh, he's very much like the Christian Bale where he's like uh, a lot leaner. You know, I have like yeah. that one where like one dude's a brawler, another dude's a ninja, and I think he's on the ninja aspect of Batman now. So he's oh, that's good. He's he's, he's a lot cool. He's a lot sleeker looking in this in the new one, and at least to me, it could be the same drawing. It just looks different because the costume is also a bit brighter in this one, mm-hmm. where it's still gray and black armor, but the bat symbol's got this big yellow outline on it. It's really cool. Oh yeah, well you know what? I want to do some quick honorary mentions while while we have a chance here. I want about the video games real quick. Some of my favorite artwork, of course, when I was a kid and still to this day, um, Turtles 3. The Manhattan Project was my favorite artwork of all the video games for the the Nintendo. Yeah. And even the um, Tournament Fighters uh, for um, Sega and Super Nintendo and uh, Turtles in Time. Those are great, great. And I think that's AC Farley again for Turtles in Time. That looks like his artwork. That does. I could be wrong. Um, but, uh, you know, I'd still go back to the Manhattan Project and to Josh's credit, I did not know that Jim Lawson was the guy who did that, so that blows my mind all these years later, because I was fascinated with that artwork yes. back then, mm-hmm. uh, and still to this day. As a matter of fact, there's a website, um, I think on Amazon or Half.com, where you can actually order enlarged NES posters, and it's it's like a, it's not necessarily like a paper feel, it's almost like a cloth feel to it, um, really high quality oh, material. Wow. Uh, and I got a blown up picture of the Manhattan Project in my room. I love it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's amazing. There's so much going on in that in that cover. But uh, yeah, real quickly, man, do you have a favorite video game cover? Oh man, yeah, I do. the uh, The first game, uh, the uh, Ninja Turtles, wow, the first okay. uh, Ninja Turtles game for NES. Man, I absolutely. That's the uh, the variant cover for the fourth issue of the first volume of Ninja Turtles, the Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird Turtles. Um, I really love that because. I I thought I had a duplicate like I thought I had like a like a copy of the game because they were all in red bandanas and like, <laughs> what what happened did I get like a misprint or something like that and then I got I remember my mom uh, got me the poster that that artwork is from and 
it was wow. them fighting the Utrams on the teleporter and everything. And she had bought me that poster like at the grocery store or something like that. I came home from school and she had it on my wall already. And that favorite poster <laughs> when I was growing up and I still have it. It's hung up in my room. Um, yeah, you and I had a little debate about that. And I had to eat crow because I lost. You once said there again. was a dinosaur and I was like, That's a- well, it. it in my defense, though, like, I've not seen – see, I have just, like, this this cutout part yeah. of it, and I think it's missing some of the actual cover. Mm-hmm. But from my perspective – I'll send you a picture <laughs> of it. From my perspective, it looks like a dinosaur wearing a muzzle. Who, I swear Who in their right mind confuses the dinosaur with an interdimensional transporter? I'm well, sorry. I didn't see the top of it. <laughs> it could be – it could have been a dinosaur, yeah. I mean yeah. – all, all yeah. You know that looks, universe. I know exactly what you mean. It looks like – it could have at least been a robot dinosaur, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah, it was like Horizon before you know Horizon was a thing. I know. Yeah, I still haven't played that. I have it. I haven't played that. Great yet. game. Yeah, I still. Do I think I feel like we could talk about this for like another hour, man. You know, we could at least go another five minutes. I want to mention. Let's do it. I want to mention real quickly um, my probably absolute favorite issue of TMNT universe that IDW is putting out is Universe Number Six: The Introduction of Worm. Um, yes. Even though I'm really digging the storyline with Karai, I haven't finished that one yet though. Uh, Karai's path is real good, where she takes on the Yakuza. Um, but this one is an issue called "Rot in the Rot in the Shell," and it introduces Worm. And it's a nice uh, issue with just Michelangelo and Officer Lin, his friend, who's looking for her brother-in-law in the sewers. And the art st- the art is by a man Nick named Patera. Nick Patera, and he also wrote yeah. the issue too. Um, him and John Lee's wrote the issue. And I really love this old – I consider it old school because it looks like the same art style from the old Nickelodeon show Our Real Monsters. And I know I've said that before. It looks like you know Our Real Monsters or Hey Arnold or Recess. It looks like one of those old after-school cartoons that we used to watch. You know, I mean at the time I was in high school. Um, but I used to watch them still when I got home at like 4 o'clock. Those shows would be on. And this looks exactly like that to me. And it's a real, it's so, it was so weird to see something modern that was nostalgic at the same time. (laughs) And it's so funny that that's what I felt because the issue deals with nostalgia in a big, bad way. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, Nick Patara's art and love, I want to see more from him. I I want him to want him to show up. If they ever make a mute animals book, give it to that guy. Well, cool, man. That that's some good stuff there. Um, one one thing I definitely want to talk about in the future is all the the different video game covers. There are so many different ones depending yeah. on what platform you got it on. Like I was looking at just just randomly um, this morning on you know you had a different cover for your the NES game the uh, the NES original Ninja Turtles game was one co- a cover the one you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Then the Amiga was a different color or cover. Um, so many different platforms had different takes on the covers and i'd love to get some of the um credits on who who did some of these sketches the game boy covers are amazing i love the fall of the foot clan cover mm-hmm. um radical rescue is pretty awesome i mean there's so many great covers out there i i do i vote we dedicate a whole day to just covering covers yes <laughs> video game covers yeah. there's and so much to talk about yeah you know and there's definitely i mean my favorite one is hyperstone heist you know outside of oh I mean, I mean, I sh- I should have I should have mentioned that Hyperstone Heist is my favorite. The first NES game is my is my nostalgic one. I I love that one. You know because that was that was when I, my mom took an interest in Ninja Turtles with me was because she saw that poster and she liked it. She's like, yeah. I can get that for him. And, and my mom always, even to this day, she was super enraptured with 
the action figure collection that I have. And I was, I spent like two hours talking to her about it. That's and, awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, hyper heist that great game. That one's awesome. You know, it just, yes. these super agile, muscular looking turtles above a shrunken Manhattan. It's like, wow, what is going on? You got, what just happened? <laughs> you know, but in, and the, Another really good one, surprisingly enough, is from Mutants in Manhattan, the most yeah. recent Turtles game, because all the other ones have been like Photoshop versions of the cartoon at the time. Yeah, yeah. And it's easy to understand why they did that because, oh, yeah. you know, you've already paid enough for Nowadays, it's just different. You've already paid enough for the license to make this game. You don't want to pay for an artist to do an original work that they're going to charge who knows what for, depending on the artist. So just Photoshop the the Nickelodeon poster onto this game here. And in yeah. Mutants in Manhattan, it was Mattia Santa Lucas Turtles doing an original design, doing an in on this uh really truncated form where it was all four turtles looking super dynamic and in the background in red was all the villains throughout the game. Yeah. And that would include his new designs for like Slash, for Wingnut and Squish, who aren't even in the comic yet. You know, it's, yeah. to my knowledge, they're not. But they're in the game, you know, and his new designs for Karai and the Shredder, you know, it's it's really cool. Oh man, there's some great stuff out there, my friend. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we'll have to return this topic because we, I think we just barely scratched the surface. But you know, we we definitely mentioned some good ones there. So uh, yeah. So Hoser, uh, to end day three of our Flakes Twelve Days of Christmas, what kind of pizza should we have uh, to close out this totally tubular episode? You know what? I actually had some pizza this morning. So, oh wow! I will say I had some sausage. I had I had three meat pizza with sausage, ham, and pepperoni from a uh, freschetta, freschetta frozen Ooh. pizza. It's pretty good. They they uh, have that strange. they have that really good cornmeal crust on the bottom. It's really nice. Um, so I'm gonna say we do some of that. There's some three meat pizza right there. Three meat freschetta pizza. That sounds good. Oh yeah, super cheap too, man. If you're on a budget, freschetta. <laughs> I'm all about that. Well, all right, dudes, do that. Well, thank you for listening to another totally tubular episode of Turtle Flakes, and here's to hoping you enjoy your three meat bruschetta pizza. Cowabunga, dudes! Cowabunga, dudes!